God, our Heavenly Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, by the presence of his Holy Spirit among us and within each and every believer. And all God's people said, Amen. Sherry were to step out of that doorway back there right now and see all the people gathered here for her funeral, I know the first thing she would do would go, <laughs> that, that sudden intake of breath. So Sharon owes me a number of heartbeats. <laughs> uh, I don't know how many, but I've been here for a couple of decades, and when I first got here, I soon discovered that you could be having a normal, everyday conversation with Sharon Perrine, and you might tell her something that she hadn't heard before, something that was news to her. And in the middle of your casual conversation, she would go, <laughs> what, what? You could be standing five feet, from, five feet from her. She'd be having a conversation with another group. You would be in a completely different group. And you'd hear Sharon go, <gasps> and as a man, your adrenaline kicks into gear, and you're like, where's the fire? <laughs> That's how Sharon approached life. Almost everything was surprising. Everything was adventurous. Everything was worthy of extra attention. She was so creative, loved art, creating artsy things. She loved designing dresses and made lots of prom dresses, special dresses for her girls, for others too. She enjoyed making quilts, no two exactly alike. She made some of those quilts for church special events like wedding showers and the like. Quilts just to bless people in need. Sharon's creativity knew no boundaries. So even the music she enjoyed had a great variety to it, from favorite hymns and choruses to playing opera while she cleaned the house, everything in between. She made sure that children were exposed to classical music in venues in the Twin Cities. She loved going through art museums. I imagine she would gasp around every corner, right? <laughs> <laughs> A lot of Sharon's creativity came through her active hands. Whether cooking something up in the kitchen, the recipes were not to be blindly obeyed, or huge projects like apple juicing, canning tomatoes, on and on and on. Such a worker. I recall how much Sharon was much of the brains behind the lunatic supper that we did for over 30 years. She was also much of the brawn behind the endless preparation for that meal from lefsa to meatballs to clue to fish. It really is fish. It starts out that way. Uh, and more. She had so much fun with that. Sharon saw the heartbeat of the Ludifisk Supper, which was gathering the people of Dell together, working side by side, working hard together, but having a blast, and then loving on all the guests that poured in the door. She was uh, the heartbeat of the you can still see her initials, SP, on roasters and other kitchen items. Her legacy lingers in lots of different places. Nooks and crannies all over. Sharon's faith was much like her daily life. She got her hands into it. She was creative with it. 
She shared Bible verses and Bible truths with her kids and other people. A lot of the time, they didn't realize it was happening because she would share it in her own vernacular or in simple things right in front of her, but not necessarily word for word like from the verse. You know, that's how Jesus taught. He used the simple, uh, used simple farmer stuff, fisherman stuff, shepherd stuff, things that are right in front of us in everyday life. That's how Jesus taught, so that you could grab the truth easily and then be reminded of it all the time in everyday life. So one little example from Sharon, she would sometimes say, your fruit will show you up. That's Jesus talking with a little Sharon spin. Though Sharon was created through and through, her faith was very direct and clear. One of her favorite songs was, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Very direct. Very clear. Her faith was strong. Now that's not to say that we didn't talk about faith questions we had. These last three to four years especially we talked about why. Why the not great results from a great big heart surgery? Why the extended years of physical limitation? Uh, lots of time in chairs and in bed. And one of the most active, hardworking people you know. But boy, did God show us lots of encouraging truths in his word in these last years. I've had more deep Bible times with Glenn and Sharon and whoever else happened to be around in the last three or four years. Um, it was always... Uh, Come to Jesus and go to the mountain kind of experience whenever I went to your home. I want to share two or three things from Scripture that really connected for me regarding Sharon and her faith, the things God showed us these last years. So from Philippians chapter 1, I'm going to start in verse 19. Here Paul writes, and Paul's in prison when he writes this. He's in prison in Rome. Here Paul writes, for I know that he's writing to people in Philippi, beloved Christians who are loving him and praying for him in his prison. He says, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, this time in prison. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body whether by life or by death. Christ Jesus was honored in Sharon's body, whether she was in a chair or in bed, out on the lawn in a lawn chair, uh, watching family activities and special celebrations. Christ was honored in her body. She trusted him. She believed in him. She knew that her suffering, that he understood her suffering because he had done it himself. Paul writes, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Kind of a fascinating, challenging place the last, last years for Sharon. For Glenn alongside her. On the one hand, really wanting to be going home to Jesus and not have limitations or pain anymore. To have all those promises and know them fully. But at the same time, loving family and still wanting to participate in milestones and 
see new great-grandchildren, all those things. So really, truly, for Sharon, for her to live was Christ and for his good purposes. But to die was gain that she was looking forward to. Paul says, if I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. You say, wait a minute. Sharon could hardly do a thing these last years. How could she be fruitful in labor in her body? She prayed like crazy. She loved on her family. She loved on the folks who came to work and, and cared for her. Even if they were paid, that's not the point. They came and they cared for her. Glenn and Sharon read hours and hours and hours of scripture together. Sometimes the caretakers, whether paid or not, would, would read books to her, would read from scripture to her. She was fruitful in her labor, even laying in bed. And then especially towards the, all along the way, but especially towards the end, we had an opportunity to serve her. Some of the most basic functions of life. Sharon had done that so much her whole life, God allowed her to be on the receiving end. We had the opportunity to learn how to love somebody simply, basically, like bringing a cup of water to someone who's thirsty. Her last days and months in the flesh were still full of fruitful labor. Then Paul says, yet which I shall choose I cannot tell. I'm hard-pressed between the two, whether to stay here or go on to the Lord. He says, I'm hard-pressed. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. Hallelujah. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus. There were moments when God showed us very clearly why Sharon lingered for a long, long time. And I, I don't feel to be wrong and about divulging conferences and sense of feel But God had purpose and value in every day and in every breath. And Sharon trusted and believed that too. Psalm 27 that I felt like God wanted me to share with Glenn and Sharon that last week. Verse 4, boy, this was this was really powerfully on our hearts at the end. One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. This is what Sharon used to do right now, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire or meditate Now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in God's tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. We haven't heard shouts from Sharon for a while. She's letting it rip here. Shouts of joy in his presence. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. She's letting it fly today. And this is especially the part that I felt like God wanted me to share with the two of you this last week. Verse 7 and 8, Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, Seek my face. 
My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. I just came across um, a variation on the translation there. Instead of seek my face, if you could translate it, God literally saying, come talk with me. Seek my face, come talk with me. And then our response is, I'm coming, Lord. Sharon didn't hesitate. When Jesus came to take her home, she didn't hesitate. Maybe after that first gasp, I don't know, maybe she said first, I'm coming, Lord. But that was her heart's desire, and God fulfilled it. Verses 13 and 14 finish that psalm. And this was Sharon's faith. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's where she lives now. I don't have an address other than heaven. I can't give you the street. She's in the land of the living. And David ends up, wait for the Lord. Lord, we did a lot of waiting. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. As we finish up with John 14, I want it to be clear. Jesus saying to the disciples, I'm going to come back and take you to be with me. You know the way. you got to love Thomas. He's so cool. He's like, we have no clue. We don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? Jesus, his, his words so, uh, so encouraging, taking away all the fear, any concerns about having to know certain things. You just got to know Jesus comes back to get you. If you love him and are saved in him, he comes back to get you. That's all you need to know. Thomas says, I don't, we don't know where you're going. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Sharon's first breath in heaven, face to face with Jesus. When she first realizes she is standing strong, straight, and true with no pain. When Jesus steps back and she sees the glories of heaven for the first time displayed before her, I want you to do it with me on three. We're all going to do the share and gasp together on three, okay? One, two, three. <clears throat> this was Sharon's first breath in heaven after leaving her earthly body behind. So glory be to Jesus. Sharon is going to be gasping her way through eternity. And I can't wait to join her. In Jesus' strong name. All God's people said, Amen. Amen.